Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I have a great chat lined up for you today with uh, an amazing woman who you've heard before on the podcast titled Breathwork for Breakups and the episode Choosing Courage. So today we're going to be talking about debunking digital detox. And I've got the founder of Breathwork Society and self-care coach. Karishma helps people release stress, struggle, and anxiety and trauma through breathwork and digital wellness. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me again. I'm so happy to have you on. You always bring such amazing life little nuggets to the listeners. So today we're going to go in deep to this thing called digital detox. And the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show is because I'm not going to lie. I've been seeing this word digital detox kind of float around the social sphere as kind of like a, a trend word, if you will, probably for the last year, just digital detox, take a digital detox. And I think when I heard it a couple of weeks ago, it triggered me. And I think it triggered me because back in the day of struggling with food in my body, detox was like restrict, restrict, remove, abstain from, do not have. Like there were all these things that I, so many rules, like you're not allowed to do or consume any of this. And what I know to be true now is after detoxing so many times, because I would just go in this constant up, down, up, down, up, down as it relates to food, that what I know now after healing the relationship with food in my body is that I can't abstain, remove, restrict anything. Nothing can be off limits. Otherwise, it makes me just want to binge it again. So I heard you starting to get into um, the expertise of really making digital wellness a top priority in your life and something that you're committed to coaching these days. And so I wanted to get your take on, on the word like digital detox. Yeah. So digital detoxes baseline, they don't work. It is very similar to the diet binge cycle where I mean, you know, if you're doing something like a weekend getaway with friends and you're like no phones or you're doing like a dinner, like it really is the intention behind your action. But in general, I think what happens is we consume so much content on a daily basis that we just get really sick of it. And we're like, we don't want to be by our phones. And so I'm just not going to post. I'm not going to talk and I'm not going to think whatever you're your output that you're looking for in social media or on your phone, when you get sick of not getting that in return, you're like, okay, well, I'm just not going to look at it. And then what ends up happening is similar to a binge cycle, which is you come back and you have so much FOMO that you kind of get more sucked in. So you'll probably notice that after coming back from a detox, 
your screen time has probably increased because now you're trying to catch up on what everybody else did. And you also have this, you know, like little piece of you that regrets like, oh, I should have just kept posting or I should have just kept scrolling or I should have just do this. And what these social media news sites are really known to do is create a bubble that you feel really comfortable in. So you'll see more people who are like you and it'll take you further into the black hole. So actually detoxing, you're playing right back into the hands of what these social media sites want from you. Yeah. And, and I think it's like, what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? Whether it's food or shopping or social media, whatever it is, or Netflix binging even, or whatever, it's like, oh my gosh, okay. I removed all of this from my life. Like I, now I missed out on all of that. And there's this like, like internal crave that you've been suppressing for so long that instead of just like keeping with like a healthy dose of what feels good and knowing actually what that feels like, we just go back into this cycle over and over and over again. So I think this is really interesting. And you have a challenge out right now. And I want to ask what the difference is because you are running a free five-day digital cleanse challenge. And so what is the difference between a cleanse and what we just described as a detox? Why, why should people go down this path with you? So the cleanse is more about clearing out the chaos so you can feel more at peace with your digital devices and set healthy boundaries with your digital device. So I think there's like a really big thing happening in the health and wellness industry right now where most wellness practitioners know that people do numb out on their phones and that we do endlessly scroll, whether that's on our computers, our tablets, or our phones, or we also know that there's an epidemic in binge watching TV. But the only advice that we really have to give people is to detox. So that goes back to what we were saying. Like, just don't do it. Drop all, right. drop all of the, what you're doing already and see if that feels good. And that does not feel good to anybody. That's, that's the thing. And so I really feel that we don't have the tools because not a, it's kind of a newer industry. So a lot of people don't know what they're supposed to do. So in this five day digital cleanse challenge, every day is a little bit intense because we have so much digital stuff that we've accumulated. So for example, if you're somebody who has a messy desktop, subconsciously, you look at that desktop every single day, and that is equivalent to a physical space just being completely cluttered. Yeah, it doesn't bug you if it's out of sight, but in your subconscious, you feel more chaotic. And taking on a task like that at first is really challenging. And so this challenge is really meant to have that accountability and help people set boundaries and know what to do instead of taking a full-on detox. I love that description of, of that, the healthy boundaries part. Cause it's not like, like you said, like, well, just get rid of it. Like I always use the example of peanut butter in my house as it relates to food. Like everything always comes back to food for me. 
Um, but like I, I for so long didn't buy peanut butter. Cause I was like, well, I can't trust myself with the peanut butter. And so those things just weren't quote unquote allowed to come into my house because I couldn't trust myself with them versus just like this, like healthy boundaries of what that looks like. And I, the way that I it's coming up for me is like organizing your home. Like organizing your home is like organizing your well-being inside your body. Your body is your home. So if you think of your body, um, mind, body, soul, all the pieces, right? Emotional, mental, physical. If you think of your body as the home, it's no different than kind of like going through a bit of a, a, a reorg. Maybe we don't have to purge everything. Maybe there are some books that we've already read and we get to recycle or we get to get, we get to donate, right? Things that we don't need. And maybe there are some, some pieces of trash that need to be taken out that no longer serve us. To declutter and clean, really just fine tune our home our bodies, our minds, our souls, our spaces, just like we would kind of spring clean a house or a kitchen or a closet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's definitely now in this age where we do have to consider the digital spaces as part of our environment. So like 25 years ago, right? when we talked about the things that shaped us and that gave us this like joyful well-being, it was our spaces, so like our bodies and where we lived, and it was the people that we hung around. So if you wanted to up-level, you found the mastermind, you found a new cert class, so you, you, know, you up-leveled and everything changed for you. Probably your old group of friends fell out because you've changed and now you have these new people. Same thing with your spaces. But now there's a third dimension that we consistently stare at, which is either our laptop, our computer screen, a tablet, a phone, our TV screens. And the thing that's really revolutionary is we're jumping from screen to screen. So if I turn off my computer and I'm like, okay, let me go and take a break. My break will most likely be, okay, let me open my phone and scroll on Instagram. So you're literally shut down a screen and you've gone to another screen, right? Mm -hmm. And we just, we don't feel comfortable in that space anymore. We don't feel comfortable taking the breath break. We don't feel comfortable being bored anymore. So it's really something that we can't ignore, which is what I think that we have been doing for a really long time is like, oh, it's just a thing and like whatever. And it'll just be there. And we, you know, and as you know, everything we resist persists. So if we don't cleanse it or start to cleanse it, it's just going to continue to get more and more chaotic. And technology really isn't going anywhere. Like if anything, it's only transforming. Like there's going to be new things that we're doing, like the head devices or, you know, like AR, which is like where you take, take your phone and it projects like a fake image. And, you know, this is what our kids are going to grow up in. So it's something that we do really have to take into consideration and be mindful of. That is so powerful. What you just said around, we turn off one screen and we go to the next, like, holy smokes, especially right now, 
living in pandemic times, we really need a better name for that. Like we need to just come up with a name that everybody will adopt that just sounds so much better than that. I don't know. Um, anyways, but, but literally I didn't think about like, I'll, I'll say, okay, I have a healthy boundary. I'm going to shut my laptop off of work for tonight. And then what's the next thing that I grab? Like literally moving from the space that I'm sitting right now in my office, I will grab the device that I just pulled out just right here, my phone that's right next to me. I will go on and click on whatever app I think is going to soothe me and transition me from work mode to um, connection mode or social mode, right? Socialization in whatever way that that is. And I have like six apps that allow me to tap into other people. And I will use that from this space until walk, like literally walking down the stairs into the kitchen. And then I'll put that down turn the TV on for background noise while I'm cooking dinner or whatever it is or whatever it is. So it's literally, I love how you categorized it as this environment, a screen environment versus our actual environment that we used to spend more time cozying into. You know, the other night I was like, I'm not going to turn on any screens. And So I turned all the lights off. I turned some candles on and I just kind of like laid there for a minute. And it was so foreign to my body to just be present with myself, even going upstairs and then, and then settling into my bed for a half hour before bedtime, reading a book. It was like, maybe you can talk a little bit about your learnings and findings in this area, which is. I'm reading my book and then I just feel this need to check my phone. It hasn't dinged. It hasn't signaled. Pay attention to me. I have my notifications off after 7 p.m. So there is is a little bit of a boundary there. But why is there this literally my physical body or or mindset is cueing me to reach for my phone when I'm comfortable, I'm safe, and I'm busy physically holding a book in bed. Like what is happening there? Yeah. So the thing with, even with the transition from like work into social, like you were talking about, our phones still have this element of work attached to them. At any point in time, you could check your work email on your phone. You don't have to open your laptop. You could check your notifications that pertain to your business. You don't have to open your laptop for that. And I think they're so, the phone is so integrated between that leisure and business time that we, our brains can't tell the difference. So if we have a phone that's close by to us and we're reading, it actually literally divides our brain in half where it's like half of us think that, you know, this is great and this is what I need to be doing and it feels good to the body. But on the other side, if you have the device by you, there's always the stress response of you probably have another email. You probably have another notification. You should go check that. Um, You're missing something. You have FOMO. So it's literally like there's a piece of your brain that has like a divided attention in these two things of like, we're always on and we feel like we can't escape from that. And it's not safe to escape from that. Do you feel like this is another reason why 
why folks should take time to be part of this digital cleanse. Like, do we, are, are there ways, and you don't have to share how, because it's all part of what you are doing right now for a living. And, but are there ways where we can actually rewire that need and desire to get that quick hit from our phones and create distance between these realities? Yeah, definitely. I think right now, the first thing is, is that we're unaware that it happens. So right now it's something that we're all avoiding. We're like, yeah, our phones, it's just a part of life. Yeah. I've Apple's just going to come out with this new thing. Like we expect it and we know that it's going to happen. And so it's very unintentional right now. And we don't actually realize how it's impacting our lives until we actually take the inventory of our lives to be like, okay, let me, let me look at my digital spaces. Let me see where this is impacting me. Is it affecting my relationship with my family? How are my kids doing with this? Um, am I sleeping worse or better? Um, what is my relationship with my significant other like? You know, until we actually take all of these things very carefully into inventory, is it that we can actually live a, you know, digitally flourished life? Yeah, because we've, we've taught ourselves, we've been, we've been taught how to interact with our devices based on strategies and structures that people behind the scenes have done research on how to engage us, make us addicted to the process of, but it, it seems so seamless. It, it's become so easy to fulfill our core needs, our basic needs of love, significance, connection, validation, safety, like all these core needs that we always talk about, it's become so easy to put that band-aid on it using our digital modalities, using our digital devices, um, be that TV or even like Alexa or any, any of these different pieces, right? Like we can literally ask a device that's controlled by a robot for whatever it is that we need and we'll get it back right away. So when we have human interactions, we are like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Tell me, give me, tell me, give me. It's this very like hustle impatience in real time, in this real environment and reality, because the digital world is taking us to this like other facade. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things to note here is that we are moving or have already moved, a lot of people believe, from the information age, which is what our phones and all of our digital devices give us is information at the tip of our fingers whenever we want it, into the attention economy, which is really about where is your attention going? Because where your attention goes is the most, like your attention is the most scarce resource in the world right now because we see so many ads, we see so many posts, we see so many things that it's really like, what are you giving your attention to? Because that is the only thing that matters. That's what's making all of these companies survive, right? And then the other thing, a part of what you said is like, yes, our phones, social media, the way email is designed, everything, everything that we associate with on our digital devices is built for that attention grabbing piece. So notifications is a way to hook you in 
and your validation is alike. And they make these things super easy to use on purpose because they know that we, we have a dopamine response. Like this will give us the validation. But the thing that people are really noticing in this industry is that even though it pacifies our minds, like our survival brains, which in the caveman days used to live off of achievement, it was like, oh, you killed a deer. That's really good. You have food. That's really good. It gave us kind of amazing. So this is what so followers, that's a hit to your brain. That's like, okay, good. You're being successful. But in your body that really wants that depth and connection, that's where it's missing. And so it doesn't pacify your body. It pacifies your brain. And we want to get those two things aligned and actually let the body drive your experience versus your brain, which right now everything is happening with your brain. Ah, that is so, so true. That is so, so true. So you are really, really focused on supporting people in the digital wellness space right now. And you've got this five day, five day digital cleanse challenge. And our listeners can go on. Everything's in the show notes. You guys can make sure that you go there. Um, you also have Breathwork Society going on right now that really supports people with free events and breathwork and so many amazing things. Like on a weekly basis, you're supporting people, creating more distance, creating more space, creating this, this healing within their relationship to the digital, digital age that we're really living and growing in. Why is this so important right now? What would you say is like the main reason why we need to invest in our digital wellness? I think it's really important because it's something that is not going anywhere. And we have to know where, where our body stands with how we interact with our devices. And if we don't do that, there's definitely a danger of, you know, just falling down this like black hole, all of our relationships being destroyed, you know, using this as a, as a way to cope. Um, it also reduces our productivity, our focus, um, our ability to work, our ability to connect with other people. You know, there's this whole science that's going on right now that researchers are looking into saying that the amount of eye contact that we even have with other humans now is feels very uncomfortable to the majority of people worldwide. Yeah. And that is one of our physical cues of how we connect with other people. Um, and so we're literally losing all of that to our technology and to our, our digital age. And it's not going anywhere. Like I was saying, like the next thing is, you know, the headsets and, you know, all these other things that they're coming out with that they're going to try to push down our throats. But are we aware of it? And how can we build better relationships with it? I think it just bleeds into every area of our lives. Yeah. And I think we need to recognize that this is an opportunity to, in some senses, take our power back. You know, we really need to own this part of ourselves where social media is not working us and not just social, but digital, the digital world is not working us. We are working our digital spaces and it's 
oh, so heavy on the, what do you call that? A teeter-totter? Like, it's just like, we are so far on the low end of owning our power in this space and allowing the digital spaces to just own us that we've got to really like even things out, at least balance it out or start to even tip it the other direction. So I love this conversation so much. Everybody needs to jump on the bandwagon with Karishma in this area. She is, you know, like I said, a self-care coach. So how can people find you and make sure that they start going down this path of digital wellness and breath work with you? Yeah. So the first thing is to join the Facebook group where all this is going down. I'm planning on running a challenge every quarter um, in different areas. So the first one is the cleanse. Maybe the next one's about productivity, but you get the picture. It's all about digital wellness in some capacity. And I think Heidi's uh, giving you that. And um, you can always go to www.karishmadande.com for everything that I do. Amazing. Amazing. I love tapping into your greatness and your expertise. And I know that you're going to help so many more people than you already are just create space around this and feel so much better in their bodies. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.